right. Welcome back to World's Strongest Opinions, episode 40, 46. I almost yeah. said that backwards. <laughs> in ahead of us. Episode 46 was Austin Adrade, because I can't I can't say it the Mexican way. We already <laughs> clarified that. Andrade. <laughs> World's strongest Latino. Welcome to the show, Austin. Hey, how you doing? Glad to have me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Glad to have you on here. Because you just came back from Cardiff, right? You're yeah. doing Giants Live. The Giants Live World Deadlift Championship. So I was watching your videos. Did you really just pull 400 kilograms for like the first time ever at that yeah. show? And then and then also pulled, what was it, 420, something like that? Nine or nine forty? What four thirty kilos? Four hundred thirty. That's no, too. Do you see that? I saw that. <laughs> and you've never pulled that kind of weight before. No, I mean the most I ever done, I pulled on regular bar deadlift was like eight sixty, and that was for the shock qualifier that first year. And then, um, I mean, I knew my deadlift was going up because I triple eight forty the the next year. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I never had a, really a chance to really max out a deadlift until. I got that call, so it was a good time to hit it. <laughs> so you just showed up fresh, and whatever was going to happen was going to happen. Or did you did you have a pretty good idea that going into that that competition that you were good for any particular number, or was it all just sort of a surprise? Uh, well, it was all surprise because I got back to San Antonio on Monday uh, after the Shaw Classic, and then I got a call Tuesday from Colin Bryce. He's like, "We're going to need you at the." world deadlift championships in a week and a half or 10 days or whatever and i was like all right let's do it so i didn't even look at the events i didn't look at i didn't look at the jumps i just you get a call like that you you don't say no so that's Absolutely. what happened there but um yeah no and then and then when i started looking into the show i was like oh we're opening with 400 <laughs> no way so uh it was a uh, that was a crazy experience. And then, I mean, I, it was funny because, like, you know, they have – it's such a production and um, the the show behind it is so amazing and, like, being a part of, like, having to do the walkouts and, and getting the crowd going. And then they're like, okay, now you got to go lift. And I was like, oh, great. So we got done with the walkouts, and I still hadn't hit 800 in warm-ups yet. So, like, two minutes before – we actually start deadlifting and the women went for their uh, like first attempts. Um, I looked at Rob Kearney. I was like, bro, no matter how this 800 moves, I need you to tell me that I'm going to get 400 kilos. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I got you. Right. So I hit it and it, I, it went smoothly. He goes, Oh, you're good. You're good. And then as soon as I like unbuckle my belt and I was like stepping over the bar there, I Andrade, you're up. And I was like, Oh shit, here we go. <laughs> so, you know, you go around that curtain and you see all those people and there's just the deadlift bar and, Man, I was trying to kill time too because, like, I seriously two minutes before I hit that 400 kilos, I had probably I hit that my last warm up 800, and I get to a front and I was like, I was like, started to panic a little bit. I said, like, "Oh, there's no water out here," and I looked at laws. And I was like, "Oh," and then like he ran back to get me water, and I grabbed a little bit of water, and they're like, "All right, that's enough. You got to go." So just, just went out there, and then I when I got to hold that bar and I, I lifted, it got past my knees, and usually. Usually I hit stuff like that, but actually moved so smooth and I locked it out and I was like, oh yeah, we're going to hit a big number today. <laughs> Do you plan on uh, starting working in a deadlift suit moving forward? Now oh, that, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, 947 raw, I mean, 
no suit is uh, bodes well for a uh, thousand plus deadlifts very soon. Yeah, no. I, well, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, in the States, we never really use suits and it's kind of SC strongman. It's kind of frowned upon. Well, it's frowned upon, but, you know, we like to see real strength here, but. Um, <laughs> but Depends uh, on the organization. Right, right. But I mean, I mean, this is strongman corporation, you know, that's that's a that's a corporation I was brought up in. So there was no reason to use a, a, a suit, you know what I mean? Or if we did, it was, you know, for OSG or whatever. But right. Um, you know, now that I see it and how much I can get out of it, yeah, I'm gonna get in the suit. I went oh, from yeah. doing like, let's hit some, let's get into a 900s to, I'm in the middle of thousands now if if I can use it right. Yeah, that makes Dude, it I think shit. without question. Yeah, I was like seeing you and then Jamal Browner. I was like, both of you need suits. Like, we need to see. <laughs> See what you two can do in suits, that especially is, that. Yeah, he's genetically gifted for deadlifting. He's got the longest arms in the world. <laughs> His like stroke is so smooth and so short too. Yeah, that's crazy. Just the way he stands up with it. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, because you guys both hit the 430. I was like, yeah. it was that was huge though? But watching you pull that too without a suit, like <laughs> it was crazy to think they were first time doing 400 kilos and looked easy. Yeah. I was like, that's that's astounding. And definitely next time you definitely have the thousands and stuff. So does this um uh competing there, I, I guess uh at Giants Live, would you have to be top three or something like that to get an invite to worlds or mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, no, that was that's the ultimate qualifier for worlds. Um, but uh, you know, there's only so much shows people on this side of the earth can really get to. A giant size, so a lot of it kind of falls into inv- invitations later. Uh, right, if they haven't hit the you know, top, and then you know, Evan Singleton's took in three of those podium spots already. So you know, there's already two other invites that they're gonna have to hand out anyways. Right. Um, but honestly, uh, things just kind of hit quick. Uh, you know, I I did World Strong El Latino. I just um, I saw that they were doing that show, and I reached out to the guy. I was like, Hey, man, I'm Latino and I'm a strong man. Can I compete? And they're like. Sure enough, come on, we'll get you over here. And that was a Strongman Champions League uh, show. And then, you know, I had the Shaw lined up. Like, I was going to do the Shaw regardless because of how they treated us last, last year and how great the show is. Um, so I knew that was going to be on the calendar. And then, you know, those I ended up winning those two, which kind of just popped off everything. And then that's when they got that that 10-day notice to go to Giants Live, which is, you know, a total blessing. But So what's next? Well, I mean, I, I was thinking about doing America's Strongest Man, but my body's real beat up right now. Uh, so uh, I'm going to hold off on that one this year, unfortunately. I wish I could muster up the uh, <laughs> physical strength for that, but I don't know, I'm really beat up right now. So um, we'll uh, we'll kind of get set up for next year. I mean, obviously, I got a Strongest Man on Earth set up for next year, but, I mean, if anything comes in my way, you know, I'm obviously in, – in next year, I'll be ready to go for it. Makes sense. So competing out in Colorado, did the altitude bother you at all? We always ask that for people. Out yeah. There. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, but the good thing is, is like last year, there was only one guy that um, was from that Denver area that, so he had the advantage, but everyone this year kind of went into that. Maybe besides the two Idaho guys, um, maybe had a little bit of an advantage of it, but man, being a mile high, that's, that just sucks. 
regardless. You can be in the best shape and that's going to hit you. Yeah. I So I live up here. I live in the Denver area and I've been here now almost 11 years. And I think it took a solid three months for me to acclimate mm-hmm. in the gym. Um, I was just lightheaded and dizzy every time I trained. But the, but the irony is, is that I don't think it does anything whatsoever going down to sea level because, <laughs> because strongman, that's everything in strongman is anaerobic, right? Yeah. So, so, I mean, you got 60 seconds and you're holding your breath most of the time anyway. So it's not really yeah. affecting performance. I think, right. It, you know, in the moment, mm-hmm. but catching your breath is very difficult if you're yeah. not accustomed to the, yeah, the recovery between the, events is like, yeah. That's where it gets a little bit rough, but no, I, you know, it's funny. It's cause like in training, we're doing that press medley, whereas three thirty, three thirty, and then that two twenty uh, AMRAP on the dumbbell. And man, we're, I mean, it's not bragging, but we're good for five reps, four or five reps on that. But you get done with that axle and the axle sitting right in your stomach. And then you're walking over the dumbbell. You got Chad Coy yelling at you. Come on, you got <laughs> another one, right? And you're just like, I don't know, man, this thing is just, you can't even catch your breath. But yeah, we, I mean, three, Three reps on the dumbbell won it. And uh, I ended up tying for second with two. That set me off pretty good. But, yeah, I know that the altitude, there's there's, not, there's nothing you could do for What are you going to – and then the only way, like you're saying, the only way you could really train for it is just going to the mountains. But out here in Texas, we don't got nothing but hills out here at 800 <laughs> feet. So. You do like uh, uh, Novikov did uh, one at the – what would it have been? 21 shot classic. Yeah. When he's doing the dumbbell, he's like, he stopped and grabbed a can of air. Oh yeah. Of OT started <laughs> off in an in between reps. <laughs> I don't even think that worked. I don't mean, I don't know. I'm asthmatic too. So like I got to take the inhaler before I go anyways, but <laughs> no, I don't. There's like, it's just like you said, it's just, you got a minute. As long as you can stay standing for a minute, you're going to be all right. Right. Exactly. But, but I mean, I mean, it's still pretty incredible uh, that you won the uh, the men's open at the Shaw Classic, despite the elevation. So yeah. I mean, it it really levels the playing field when nearly everybody is uh, coming from up elsewhere. To so no, yeah. the the I mean, like I was saying, the Shaw the first year, like when when Evans won it, uh, just like. It was crazy because, you know, we go from like parking lot shows and and going to like Charmin Corp Nationals where it's just in a, in a like convention center to the Shaw. I mean, there's no like you just got to climb the ranks anyways. But are you, I really got a taste of like what it's like to be a professional athlete and like the way they treated us and the food and like the locker room set up and the treatment they had for us. And if you, if you needed help or something, you're, we were, we were, you know, it's like kind of like the Arnold's where you're going with the pros and stuff like that. So, and, um, I never had the chance to do the Arnold. Like I would always go to nationals and, uh, just couldn't swing it to get to Arnold. Uh, I'd always qualify, but I just couldn't swing it money wise. So when I, when I ended up getting my pro card and realized I couldn't go to the Arnold anymore, the Shaw turned into my Arnold. So that was yeah. kind of my way to step up into the ranks and, yeah, and as soon as we did that first show in uh, 22, it was like, and obviously I didn't want to, Evan won it, but I was like, oh yeah, we're coming back to this next year because of like just how nice, you know, Carrie and Brian tr- treats everyone, and then not only just like you know, the pro athletes, but the the open athletes got the same treatment as well. 
And it was like, okay, yeah, for sure we're doing this next year. So, Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned uh, Arnold. I mean, I've, I've never gone to the Arnold either for the similar reasons because it's so expensive. Like flying, getting to Columbus, Ohio is, is more expensive than flying to Europe. It's, in, <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> Which is always wild. But that, yeah, I mean, your rise has been amazing to watch you go from like Beerstone just a few years ago mm-hmm. now to just like being invited to Giants Live. Like it's definitely a huge rise there. And everything. I think it's been nice to see, especially like you said, seeing Tom Evans go up, and now mm-hmm. now you're up there. And everything. No, it's, I mean, I don't, I don't. I mean, that's anything too. And honestly, I think getting that invite to Cardiff was a blessing. So close, and 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 I look at everything as kind of a blessing because, um, or a blessing in disguise. Like, I mean, I came off that Shaw win, and I was higher than anything. I'm on a cloud nine doing that, you know. And then, and then I get that, I get that invite to Cardiff, and I was still beat up. I mean, I know I pulled 930, but I could tell by the end of the show, uh, my body started shutting down and uh, I just kind of knew I needed a break. Um, but I, I, you know, seeing my name next to eighth place, like the athlete in me hates that, you know, the competitor in me hates that. So uh, like I was saying, like it, it, I saw it as a kind of a blessing that it would kind of suck if like I went from the Shaw Open going into strongest man on earth and that being my only win and then kind of getting smacked in the face by these pros. And then, you know, so that's why I'm taking this, like, you know, I, I got a taste of it. I got a taste of uh, what it's like to be on that level and in that kind of speed and that strength. So now if anything, that's kind of taught me where my training needs to be for this next year going into world strongest, uh, strongest man on earth. And maybe even invite to world strongest man, uh, hopefully, you know, prayers for it. <laughs> Well, that makes a huge difference in everything. Because, um, like, what all do you have scheduled for the rest of the year? Or are you just going to focus on uh, your sharpening your skills and everything? Yeah, I mean, right now, honestly, I, when it comes to training, like, I've kind of been loving it. It's I just just picking like I, I do a squat, I'll do a I'll do a overhead or bench, and then I'll do a deadlift day, and I'm just kind of rotating different bars and just getting the love for the gym again. Um, I really just, I'll do couples, I'll do a rep or do a set and I'll throw a plate on. I'll do a set, I'll throw a plate on. And there's no rush going into my next, you know, thing. And I'm kind of making up accessories like, oh, I need to work on my, my glutes today. So I'll do something like that. It's really like non-stressful, just real relaxed training, just getting the love back for being in the, in the weight room again, uh, just trying all new things. So that's what kind of my training has been like the last couple of weeks and going probably for the next month or two i'm gonna keep on doing that but uh just so i can heal up and and um and let my body rest because like yeah i know it was a it was a real busy summer but um especially going into next year you know it's a, it's a whole new level um especially if i get any more invites out to champions league or or giants live you know i'm hopefully they give me a little longer than <laughs> 10 days but if i definitely get a invite to those shows you're gonna it's gonna be a full package and Honestly, after seeing what I see in Giants Live, I don't see why I can't be on the podium. Definitely. Yeah. Especially three three huge shows like that in the course of three months. It's crazy and stuff. Because it was like, and also it's nice. We always talk about SCL. Darren's a big fan of them because they are really are underrated and they have such a great circuit mm-hmm. and stuff. So seeing like the world's strongest Latino 
that was fun. And it's it's crazy how much you've gotten to travel because of this recently. Especially <laughs> like it's a nice brace break from the Texas heat and everything. Yeah, like, well, yeah, it was still kind of warm. No, take that back. It was cold. I mean, this 105, 107 days here is just a little <laughs> rough, but you know, um, Portugal was nice. I love that they do everything on the beach there. Like it's always some crazy. I mean, that's what talking to uh, uh, Marcel, he's like, you know, I want to be where, like, it's a spectacle where people can see some beautiful mm-hmm. beaches or, or something like. So it's you know, if you're gonna be at for Strongman Champions League, you're gonna be in like this beautiful town center. You're gonna be on a beach somewhere. Um, and then two, it was kind of cool doing the SCL show. Like, um, I kind of got a taste of like the production side of things and and seeing how Strongman is entertainment like because you know here in the states it's um convention centers and you're in a flight and this is where you're at and you got a number and boom 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 it's so like methodical and and, and planned out to how you got to do your show and then over there it's like let's take a sec let's interview the guy real quick let's pump up the crowd let's you know i mean let's let's do this oh we need to set this up for the camera it's going to look good um, so it was a, it was a cool change of pace seeing that, um, and then getting ready for it because hopefully, you know, if I get that invite to worlds, it'll just set me up better for it. And then I won't be shocked. Like a lot of guys, you know, a lot of people, they talk and like, Oh, it's a total setup. I, I was there for two hours and you know, they're like, I didn't finally do my event until so-and-so time. And you know what I mean? So I feel like hopefully that's going to set me up for a better world experience. If I do get that invite. Yeah. SEL is really great about interviewing. And letting giving the athletes a, a platform to be to be themselves to speak. Um, like you said, there's really great crowd engagement with them and and they really, really focus on the entertainment value. Um, Link Marcel told me in 2018 something to the effect of, you know, being a being a good athlete is is great and all, but to be a how would he say, how do you put it? Um I think he said, you know, being strong is good and everything, but to be a great athlete, you also have to be great in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's a, that's what, yeah. <laughs> and then two, that's what, one thing I've learned too. And cause like I've been on a couple podcasts now and man, I, I, I go back and I listen to him and I'm kind of cringe. I'm like, Oh God, man. You know, cause um, and if anything I've learned is like just to be yourself and that's what people want to see is, is you being yourself yeah. and not some like made up guy too. But, and that's the thing is like, we had a log press for reps and I think it was like 300 or whatever. And, uh, I vipered like the first six of them. And then I just, you know, I had another, I ended up with nine and they're like freaking out. And I was like, and he, they wanted to interview me and I was like, I only got nine. Oh man. I thought I got 10. And they, you know, they wanted to see that kind of like emotion behind the, uh, that's why they do it right after event. You're, you can, well, me, I can barely can breathe anyways. And right. like, you're trying to catch your breath and give an interview. But I you know it's SEL is, I, I think it's cool. Cause it's like, it's just that step underneath and it's just good experience. And yeah. And those guys all came from the same, um, more or less the same group mm-hmm. as world's strongest man back in the early two thousands. They Marcel and, and Ilka, um, I think worked for uh, the production crew for world's strongest man at one time. And there was that whole split with IFSA and them and whatnot. And they went on to create SEL. So it's all sort of the same. I won't say the same style per se, but the experience is very similar. I would imagine 
um, just because of their their experience and what they bring to the table for SCL. Yeah, no, it's um, that's one thing they led off to when we're in the rules meeting. It's like, you know, this is, you know, this is because it was a lot of new guys in there because it's World Strongest Latino. So, you know, there was a lot of Brazilian dudes in there that, um, uh, you know, it was their first time in, in Europe and there was a lot of, but there were, I mean, there were also, there was a good amount of Italian dudes, the French guys that kind of run that circuit anyways. And they were good to have there too, because, you know, they kind of gave me a heads up on like, this is what they expect. This is what they want. Play to the crowd kind of thing. And, and, um, you know, they're just like, but that's one thing they let off. I was like, Hey, Marcel just lives. You know, I work with WSM. I did this. I was like, well, that's why one thing. And then I got that Jersey. I was like, well, I think I'm in the right place right now. <laughs> yeah. And that's why, like John said earlier, I mean, I, I always like, I always speak highly of SCL because they are, they're a great production. Um, they have their own thing going with the circuit, the cumulative points that gets the invite to, to the world final. And again, I mean, the, 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 pro, uh, um, what am I trying to say? The, uh, the final product that they produce is shoot. It's, it's as good. And in some ways, even better than world Strongest man. Um, you know, world Strongest man just happens to be a very prestigious title. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're the ones that started all just, you know, great, but SEL is doing a fantastic job out there and promoting the sport of strongman too. And giving, and giving guys like yours, like yourself, and others, I mean, Thor, Eddie Hall, all started in SCL. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great stepping stone. Um, you know, what Marcel and Ilkley are doing are, are pr- providing a great stepping stone for great athletes to to progress to the top. So you got to love them. Yep, no, for sure. I mean, that's the other, there was two other guys they brought up with me. Um, Evans, Nana, and um, the Polish guy. I mean, I can't remember his name, um, but he looks like a Terminator, just like... Uh, Kieliszkowski or uh, one of those, I don't know, one of his keys or whatever, but he, <laughs> no, he, he, but they're all built the same. They just can't deadlift, but they're all amazing athletes can't deadlift. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I'm just messing. I'm just messing. But um, no, they brought up these, those two guys with me and they, and those two dudes, you know, they're big in SEL too. So yeah, I know it's, it's a, if you can get the opportunity, especially from out in the States, I know they don't pay for travel over there, but they take care of it when you're there. But, Right. You know, if you can get over there, it's a good investment into yourself because I mean, I mean, I was I'm speaking from it. You know, I got those. I got World Strongest Latino, and that that definitely was help on the resume for them to even consider me for that Giants live show. Right. Absolutely. And it's exposure too. I mean, uh, we talk about that a lot on here as well for athletes. I mean, it's an opportunity to build your brand, and to build your brand, you need that exposure, and it's great. I mean, yeah, I think. Anybody that gets an opportunity at SCL would be would be stupid to turn it down. For sure. Same yeah. with Giants Live, right? I, I mean, the <laughs> level's a bit higher, but man, take those opportunities when you can. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. It's true, but also I I think it's good that you're pacing yourself, like you said, like taking it easy. Because some people, once they get to that point, then they'll just overbook themselves. Oh yeah, and, then you, and don't, I, you don't want to burn out like in a flash. And that's the one thing those dudes hate is people that that uh. Yeah, I'm gonna do X, Y, and Z, and then, oh, I'm burnt out. I can't do the show, and then they're struggling to find someone new. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm in this for a long haul. I mean, uh, you know, everyone's got a shelf life too. So it's <laughs> like, you know, if God willing, I got another ten years in this uh, doing high level strongman. Um, but it's the same thing, you know. So I'm gonna make the most of it while I'm at this. Uh, so I'm not gonna. <laughs> I mean, I play football and I, I've wrestled growing up, so it's the same thing. Like I've, I've. 
I've had a good amount of sports uh, background to to realize, you know, what's a good time to push it, when's not, and to, you know, keep my health, my body healthy. Because at the end of the day, you can go in and do X, Y, and Z in, in the gym and, oh, have a cool Instagram following. And, but if you're not going on the floor and producing, you're not hitting 930 for a deadlift. And, you know, what good are you? Right. Well, too, and I think still it, the, it resonates all the way to the top that not everybody's making a living off of this either. Um, that's the goal, I think. But, you know, until you are, you're putting yourself at risk for, for you know, for uh, uh, personal, I don't know, what am I trying to say? Yeah, you know, no, for, I mean, for your own no right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. There's no retirement. I mean, you know what I mean? Right. Like, there's nothing. I mean, maybe First someone. Worry, can, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. There's not going to be. Yeah. There's no, like, I got a day job and I, I, it, I live comfortably with my day job. And I know, like I said, I got 10 years in this, you know, God willing. And then if, if that, if I'm doing masters after that, you know, that's probably another five years because those two don't last long after that anyways. But um unless you're an anomaly like mark felix or something like that but right um you know what i mean like i, I i'm real i know you know I, uh uh things break and you know over wear and tear over a long time so you know it's just like you, you just gotta make the most of it while while you got the opportunity and that's what i'm trying to do yeah 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 that strategic part is super important like you said like love your shirt like that branding and stuff is very important of like <laughs> do you have them for sale yet or are you yeah they're all if you hit me up on my instagram uh i, I have to re-up on some sizes i got some of the big boy sizes that are out but i got a bunch of larger extra large but tex-mex strongman obviously i'm from texas born here in san antonio texas and i got a you know my background my latino background is uh i'm mexican and my family's been living here for a very very long time before texas was even united states so <laughs> you know we're very proud of our uh lineage here in texas and you know i'm proud to wear tex-mex i'm proud to be mexican and, I, and that's why i kind of put this together and my wife designed this well she she's the one that put it all together because she's really good at the computer stuff but <laughs> it turned out pretty good i got kim andrade on the back too so if you want to support i appreciate it hit me up i'll get it sent out to you oh, yeah. nice we'll definitely have to check that out but i think that part like you said is key of getting getting yourself out there and everything especially like being proud of your lineage and everything you you all out of heavy metal fit your crew was crazy there like <laughs> it was nice to see nick on stage yeah and everything i was like keeping getting updates from you all yeah everything, it, i think i got you know that's my gym man uh if it wasn't for them obviously i wouldn't be in strong man it's crazy i haven't even gotten the sport like i graduated college in um 16 and I try to find a job and you know you finally find a job and then you can't eat like you used to in college <laughs> so the weight started put piling on pretty easy and and uh, i needed to get back in the gym and and my wife luckily she uh uh she worked at the jewish community center here in san antonio so i got a free membership into the community center and i started working out again i started lifting weights and i was like hey i like you know i like lifting weights and then it was crazy enough that, you know, I was looking on Instagram one day and um, heavy metal popped up and I was like, oh, that's down the street from me. Honestly, from the apartment we were living in, um, it was seriously down the street. And I was like, there's people yelling and deadlifting and throwing chalk. And, you know, what I mean, like, like that's 
kind of where I want to be. So I went down there and as soon as I walked in, lucky enough, I don't know if you know Tim Ingram, he's the owner of the gym. And um, I ran into him and he's like, show me around, brought me with open arms and, and I fell in love with the place. And next thing you know, six months later, they talked me into doing a strongman show. And then one, la- one win and two wins and this and going to nationals. And I, it's just this hobby turned into a serious, pretty serious hobby <laughs> real quick. Took another job. Yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> that's lucky enough. My wife understands that too, but she was an athlete. She played volleyball in college and that's where we met. And um, so she understands the five hour gym days, especially in the middle, of, you know, four weeks out in the prep. And I'm not going to, I'm going to be tired when I get home, especially after work and going to the gym to, to work out too. So when did you, when was your first strongman competition? Uh, 2018. It was the <clears throat> Big Tech's Winter Rumble in Austin. They got that gym, Big Tech, down there. Oh, um, yeah. Is it Big Tech? Yeah, Big Tech. So they do the Winter Rumble. That yeah, was, yeah, so yeah. I was, That's yeah, awesome. I, that was my first show, was a USS show. And then the second show I did was uh, Ronnie Coleman, the Ronnie Coleman Classic in uh, Dallas, Fort Worth, Dallas. What are those areas? In what year? That had to been 19 or 19. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, I may, have, I may have crossed paths with you, but I think I did Ronnie in 2020, either 17 or 18. I can't even remember. Was, was it in the convention center? Yeah, it was. It was, yeah. it was, it was tied to the whole big Ronnie Coleman. The, the, oh, you know what? Were you wearing green or red shirts? <laughs> Man, uh, way back then, might have been red. I think it was red. Okay, then yeah, I think it had it been because uh, did Sharp win that one in one hundred five? I don't know. I know we did uh, the Alabama show together. The you uh, SC Nationals. Yep. Oh, right on. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was not a good. That was, that was not a good year for me. Me either. Me either. Me either. It was a really bad year. Yeah, everything went like. I remember going in and and uh, I was so just not focused. Somebody stopped me right at the door. Somebody I knew. And he just like started talking my ear off. The next thing I know, I hear like last call for yoke warm ups, and I got <laughs> zero warm ups. I went straight into like I don't know what it was seven fifty for a hundred feet. Mm-hmm. Absolutely cold. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, it didn't move very fast. I finished it. It just didn't move very fast. And that was like, that was the start of just, yeah, not a great performance. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't do too hot that show. I qualified for the Arnold, but I barely slipped yeah, on that one. so did I, but yeah. <laughs> when they, when they, I don't know. I can't remember what I ended up with at that show. It was like 11th or 12 or something. I don't know. They Then they, they invite like the top 20%, I think, so, yeah, I to know. Arnold. It's a lot. But yeah, I didn't that's get the crazy. chance to go to Arnold. But yeah, no, that's uh, Alabama show. I was in the first. I went from what, like, I went from like the first heat because I did. I think I took like second or third on that yoke, and then so I was in the last heat, and then that, that sandbag throw that was next. Yeah, and then I went straight to the back, man. Because I- <laughs> that was like my only good event. <laughs> we should actually I deadlift. I I think I took. I was up there on the deadlift. By the time it was all said and done, but yeah. 
Oh, that's right. That, that max deadlift. Yeah, that's right. The max deadlift. Yeah. I like that. That was a good changeup because usually it's just like AMRAPs and split time kind of stuff. Right. And in an event, in a, like a format like that, it goes relatively quick. So mm-hmm. it wasn't too bad. No, it's a, I like that. And then the year after that, what was it? The year after that, they did the max log, which was cool. I like that they're doing all those max events in the nationals. It, and it's, I, in my opinion, that's true strong, man. You know, you gotta, it's not just strong CrossFit. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. At OSG, there's going to be strong CrossFit. The Go Ruck Survival Challenge. Are you doing, you're not doing OSG. No, right? no, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if, if, I don't know how that whole entire invite thing, if I'm still in there, in the, in the, in the works there, but, uh, yeah, my, my boys got a wedding on the third. So it was like, I was like, Damn, I knew from way back when that I was going to be able to do OSG. So it was kind of, uh, it worked out pretty good in my favor anyways, but, um, yeah, right on. Yeah, no, I'm kind of glad I'm missing out on this one. Cause I don't know. Cause I'm already 400 pounds. It is, bro. You're going to strap another hundred pounds on me. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's already a relatively heavy medley to begin with. Um, I mean, with the distances involved in this, I'm actually curious. I think we've got go ruck, whatever their backpacks or vests at the gym. So I'm going to start. I'm, I'm a little late to the party, but I'm going to start working on that. I think tomorrow. Did you tell you it goes on the front or the back of you? I think it goes on the back. Oh, oh cause you got a pretty sure it goes on the back. That would be that would suck if it was on the front carrying a and then having to carry a sandbag on top oh, yeah, of that. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm already carrying a freaking gold. I mean, it's already gonna suck, anyway. so I guess it's not gonna hurt to make it suck worse. But <laughs> he's gonna tip forward it. You can use that speed and that weight to take you over the line. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy because you said you have to. You're getting back into the deadlift suit thing too because you need to get up to 800. Is it yeah. Yeah, it's up to an 800 deadlift. So, oh, so yeah, it's a ladder, right? It's a, it's a ladder. It's yeah. a ladder, and I don't know if I can't remember if it was 800 last year. The years before, I think it ended at 765. But I think this is the second year they've had it at 800 at the top. So, um, but yeah, I got the I got the metal jack suit. I should be. I'll be good. I've been in one suit once. And that was way back when for that um, strong uh nationals um i went to the uss nationals and yeah i'm almost passing out going to the bar and i was like yeah i don't know about all this but now i'm gonna have to to figure it out (laughs) it's tough man um doing reps in a suit is the worst oh shit the worst (laughs) i can only imagine the only time you can breathe is when you're standing up with the weight I mean, especially with the metal. I mean, I think I, my first suit was like an Inzer or a, a Titan. I can't remember. It might have been a Titan suit. And that was actually stretchy. It gave you a little bit of pop. But the, the metal suits have absolutely zero give. And I cannot breathe in them to save my life. I can barely get to the bar in the metal. I have like I have the metal pro. Mm-hmm. I'm bumping up to the metal jack because the metal pros wore out anyway. And I could barely get to the bar in the metal pro. So I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to be doing the splits to get to the bar. I think <laughs> in, this right. next, in this next suit, <laughs> walking that in is going to be interesting. You got to do what you got to do though. Huh? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I always expect athletes to like sometime in strongman just have to be forced to get used to 
doing sumo deadlifts because it looks like some people look almost like they're getting the sumo setup mm-hmm. and then just like shift your legs in. I mean, that would be interesting to see. Basically, is what you're doing. Yeah, and yeah. You're doing that little like shuffle inside, and you're <laughs> yeah. I still can't believe what was it at the Chaos Classic? Dan Benson did what was it? Eleven reps in a deadlift suit. I was like, that's crazy. I've seen like having to get that many just be way too tight, especially in like the metal jack and everything. Dude. I was like, that's insane. I mean, <laughs> one pull in in the metal suit, man. My base bloodline. My, my my base blood pressure would just like spike through the roof. <laughs> I got veins and dude, you know, everything. That's like looks like it's gonna pop. It's yeah. Purple. <laughs> That's why I feel just deadlifting regularly, man. I don't know. Right? About you. <laughs> then you get then you get yourself in a like I can barely wear a belt with mine. Um, with my pro suit, I'll put a belt on, but it's generally pretty loose. Uh huh. Because it's so supportive, I don't really need much else. But I can't breathe at all. If I try to put my belt on as tight as I normally wear it, that's just, I cannot do it. Now you're asking to pass out. I don't know. People were like, Rob Kearney was telling me that that, that belt's really just to keep a suit up. And, yep. That's about it. Not really for like, because you're already getting that compression anyway. So. Yeah. A lot of compression. I mean, if it's the suits made for you, um, yeah. I had one that was just way too big in the waist and I had to belt it up a little bit more, but. I know I won't be able to use my little my little take off the suit thing if I wear a suit next year at the deadlift championships, but I guess I'll 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 sacrifice for a thousand plus deadlift. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You gotta have somebody else strap you up and and pull your straps down. Yeah, yeah. No, I can't do the yeah. <laughs> That's I don't know what into my into my pro suit. And then I'd strain like an erector or something, but <laughs> Oh hell no! I don't know about all that, man. <laughs> I I'm impressed by two of the guys who have to put on a shirt afterwards. So you're like in a t-shirt over top your deadlift suit. I'm like, I I need to immediately pull the straps off as soon as I'm done. I would I couldn't deal with a shirt with your belt and everything. Yeah right. Yeah no, that would be. I need one of those zippers in the back that can pop those off and throw the straps. No, that's crazy. But you definitely have it there. Of like, you should join that crew of the race to five oh five, and everything. Which um, who do you think would be close to that? Race, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you definitely got it in you, and stuff. It'd be cool to pull a thousand wrong. I mean, that's the yeah. thing. It's so crazy. Like, none of this was a conversation three weeks ago. You know what I mean? Like, it was like mm-hmm. I said, it was like, hey, let me see if I can pull nine hundred pounds. You know, and then I go and pull nine thirty like I did, and then everything's kind of turned into. Well, you definitely need to keep training however you've been training mm-hmm. um, and just not hit that weight. Because right. I think, you know, get in your head now and you're going to go in like blow your load on pull it, trying to pull heavy because whatever you've been doing is working apparently. Yeah, man. I So my coach, Tim Ingram, he's the owner of, of, a, of a heavy metal, but man, I think he's a mad scientist when it comes to training. And, uh, you know, he's, we've been working together since... 2020, 2020, the Alabama, uh, nationals. And, um, you know, it, it took about a good year to build a base. And then once we kind of got a little groove going and figuring out, well, I mean, just, I mean, my, my training partner, Nick Guardian alone, he kind of seen himself when, when he walked in the gym in 2019, he was 260 pounds 
Now he's 330. And in my opinion, I think he's going to go wreck nationals um, in a couple weeks anyways. And, and it's the same. It's just heavy metals training. I mean, granted, we got each other to feed off of. And having a good training partner is invaluable, like, in itself. Exactly. And me and Nick, we are stubborn as hell. And most competitive people you can probably get around. And every string, single training session is how we could outdo well, not I want to outdo each other, but how we can just be better. And, and I'm not going to let him slack. He's not going to let me slack. And, um, and then that on top of the training that we get from Tim and the, the sets and reps and the, and the schemes behind um, our accessories and, and um, him <clears throat> having us peak at the right times um, is just, I think that's been total success. And obviously you know, my support system with my wife has, has been everything in my work. So I've, I've actually been able to do all this stuff too. But um, yeah, I know it's it, the training part of things is wild because it's not conjugate. It's not this. It's not strong, man. It's not right. the cube method. It's, it's Tim's seeing us walk in, seeing our emotions that day, seeing, okay, what do we need to work on? It's so fluid. Our training so fluid to it. It could change the minute we walk in. It could change halfway through because Tim will be in the gym and you'll see a rep and you're like, all right, shut it down. You're done. You know, so it, that's been that's been a big help. You know, obviously having him kind of just looking us, looking at us there while we train um, for anything anyways. And you know, obviously having Nick, too. Um, but, yeah, I know the, the heavy metal way, man, that's that. I mean, we're all kind of we're all. Yeah, in this, <laughs> you all, all have like tattoos and everything. Yeah. Like it's we're all kind of branded. <laughs> nice, which is, which is great. Nick's such a nice guy. I was like, every time I've talked to him, it's depend like, who you're talking to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, which, he's a good dude. He's a really good dude, man. He's uh, it's crazy because, um, when I met him. I was joking about. It. I think he looked like a crackhead. He was two hundred sixty pounds, <laughs> but at his frame, he looks skinny. He's six foot three, four. You know what I mean? He's a he's a tall guy, but he just looked and he had this like kind of weird goatee that just looked ugly. Now he's got a full beard and he's growing his hair on. He's and he's he's filled out. His he, he looks a lot better as a person now. We I joke about it all the time, but uh, um, it was funny. The first time he walked in the gym, he wanted to touch every piece of strongman equipment we had and he was there for i want to say eight hours <laughs> to where wow. i was like i'm out of here bro good luck you know it's gonna be here tomorrow <laughs> but um uh, uh you know his training and and the way he eats he's really he's really dived into that like the nutrition side of things and i mean he's like gained how many pounds now he's almost 340 he's just a he's 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 a big dude. Um, now he is before he wasn't, but you know, his just strength alone is crazy and how fast he's come up. And a lot of it too is because he's, it was hard to really get into. And that's another thing too with Tim, like working with Tim is um, just the, the, the details into the training to where if we're doing like inverted rows, he wants us to change the handles on every set or, you know, and then like it's, it's small details like that. And, trying to get Nick to understand the small details. And, and then once he got it, it's just crazy how fast he exploded in terms of his strength. And um, like, like I said, he's going to nationals this year. I think he's got a good chance of winning it. 
Yeah. That smart training is like, I think you briefly touched on what an insane person Jamal Browner is because he's attempted 505 kilo sumo twice since going to Cardiff on Instagram. You're like, that's just an insane thing to do every week to be like, I'll try it again. Like, yeah, no, I don't you're like, that. I can't imagine that after like seeing how beat up your body was. Like, I can't imagine going in two weeks in a row being like, I'll see if I can get 1100 pounds past my knees. Yeah, no, that's, that's like, nuts for me. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. Again, I mean, something's working for him too, though, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. He's one of the one of the most powerful deadlifters in the world. Yeah. Yeah. He wants to go attempt five oh five two weeks in a in a row. I mean, more power to him. Right. There's not very that many people in the world att- attempting five oh five ever. And yeah. he's gotten it past his knees both times, which is the crazy thing. That's like, crazy. Do that. And two, people say it's sumo, but I've been measuring. Like, it's it's only like maybe four inches cut off. Like that range is normal yeah because i'm telling yeah. you his arms are super long he, yeah even when he deadlifts conventional it's like yeah shit didn't go nowhere you know what i mean <laughs> yeah so i'm like his he's gonna get it and it's crazy to think just a few years ago him hitting 400 kilos like sumo was a big deal and now it's crazy to see like him just focus on that conventional but i think you all the method behind the madness there at heavy metal of like it's definitely a cool crew down there i think i'm going down to there's battle at the alamo or something yeah october do, yeah. 7th mm-hmm. frank and i are going down there oh yeah making a trip see you all and everything because san antonio is such a great area yeah it's a nice break from like the austin scene yeah no i it's it's where the text meets the mix you know but <laughs> no uh <laughs> we're uh the out of battle is battle of the oh geez i can't even i'm gonna mess this up you're gonna be pissed off at me it's true. Um, I then, actually should look it up. <laughs> yeah, it, um, it's a you know he's uh, Renee. He used to well he he still goes to the gym. He still goes to heavy metal and um, was an old school powerlifter. Um, the c- nicest dude you ever meet. A veteran. It's crazy. This dude's been blown up, shot like combat vet, right? And he's over there de- uh, squatting with a suit. You know what I mean? Bench pressing with the suit. Like, he's just old school powerlifter and the coolest dude. And um, he had this idea of of doing, like, an expo. And, um, yeah. and of course, you know, we're he- – Heavy Metal is – I'm going to be biased as the premier strongman gym in south, <laughs> southern Texas. And, uh, you know, we're right there. So he's like, you're going to run it. So last year we did it. Metal, Metal Mayhem was the strongman show. We did that last year. That was our first – show that we ran um as heavy metal a strongman show and in my opinion I, I think it went very successful obviously you know me nick and we had a lot of other people uh jackie wood um i don't know if she was a lightweight she was heavy metal's first pro actually back in the day um 140 i don't know what the the weights but she was a lightweight woman pro and uh she took second at the arnold and she was just she was a competitor she kind of laid the foundation of what a heavy metal athlete was but you know, we got you got us three, and then Tim's been to however many shows, and you know, we've kind of put our brains together in terms of you know what what's a good show and how it should be run. And so that that metal mayhem was our first one, and we did outside. And some events we bit off a little more than we chewed, but we still <laughs> figured it out. Like we did a deadlift ladder outside, and we had you know, like you do you imagine all the weights for like a five bar deadlift. And the last weight is like six, I think it was 675, 725. And we had two lanes. Oh, man. 
And it was funny because we did it. And then afterwards, we're like, I was looking at Tim. I said, Tim, oh, we're never doing a deadlift ladder again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's but, super cool. And it's ba- Battle at the Alamo City, yes, October 7th. I had to get the name right because he reached out to us. Okay. And it was super nice. And you said you are the best strongman gym in Southern Texas. We actually did oh, a poll. And actually, they said strongest strongman gym in Texas was you all That's, and it was like 200 some votes on our right, instagram good. page well yeah, i didn't, you guys I didn't won want, real well <laughs> i didn't want to put out anything that that was going to start some controversy because <laughs> there's some i mean there's some good people in texas you know you got out in houston and dallas and um and austin too and you know i don't want to you know texas is a big family at the end of the day so you don't want to you know i don't want to put anyone <laughs> down or anything like that but we do have a title strongest gym in texas too so we have that title we won that in 2018 because Robert Obrest did it, <laughs> but, we, <laughs> but we still got that title. Um, uh, but yeah, I know we, um, so we, we got the show this year. Um, this year is going to be inside. So we don't have to worry about nice. being outside in October and 105 degree weather. In is it still 105 in October in San Antonio? Okay. 90, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, I it, I mean, that's because I went to school in Colorado. I went to school in uh, Southern Colorado at Adams State University in uh, in Alamosa. Okay. And uh, go Grizz. Um, but that was the first time I ever seen snow in May. <laughs> it does. It falls in May. Most <laughs> definitely does. Dude, because I mean, I, uh, I, you know, I grew up here and then I went to high school in Arizona. So the heat's all I've known my whole life. Like, right. Right. Being a, over 100 degrees does not bother me. Like, you're going to sweat just fine. I'm a big dude. I'm going to sweat when it's 70 degrees. It doesn't matter. Like, you know, so the being hot is is no big deal for me. But seeing snow in May, that was, ah, it's like, ah, I can't do this. Oh, man. This is nothing. This is nothing. I love, <laughs> I love it here because uh, so I'm from eastern Montana, western North Dakota, where it, it snow, it'll start snowing in, like, October, and, and it won't melt until, until uh, Memorial Day. It's stupid, and it gets like thirty below to forty below for like two months in a row. Um, you know, it snows here and it melts by noon. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, no, that's I'll take this any day of the week for, yeah. compared to where I'm from. <laughs> no, see, that's a different kind of cold. When I first, when I was walking out to like, uh, to like our morning workouts, and my nose hairs froze. Yeah, that's like yeah, that's gonna be a problem. Oh, that's totally know. normal, man. Uh, <laughs> that's not normal. I don't know what the, that's, that's, <laughs> that's normal. totally normal. That's normal where I'm from, right? I mean, uh, I used to work in on uh, the rigs and oil field up in North Dakota, and middle of January, February, we're up on like the Canadian border, and every single day. So I worked on a, on a workover rig back then, and guy lines are like three eighths inch diameter right and we come out every morning and they're like two inches from the frost um and and you get working and i mean there's frost all over your face man but you're warm right ice, you're, you're but you're warm. warm absolutely because you're working i mean well i used to like i looked like the michelin man walking out of the doghouse in the morning because i'd be in like i have <laughs> i'd have long johns under under my under my sweatpants under my jeans under my coveralls yeah. right but then you start working and you're like, you start shedding it all off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but, no, I mean, we did, we did that for wrestling too. When I wrestled Adams, 
I remember going to warm, walk to do our morning runs at 5 a.m. or whatever, and I would have hand warmers in a Carhartt, and I would just be running my miles. Yeah. And I was like, this is, this is, it was needless to say, as soon as I graduated, I was out of there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it still gets cold. I mean, I, I go fly fishing it, um, as many times as I can all year round, and, and fall comes around, and the mornings are like, 30 degrees sometimes they're like 26 and yeah i mean i spend most of the morning with my hands and in my pockets with hand warmers but see that's but that's the thing colorado's beautiful it, it is I, from just after the snow melts in may to august is beautiful but <laughs> that's that yeah just i don't know it's just going to school there oh my god like just seeing snow and because I just wasn't used to it, but even right. you know, it's a beautiful place and I wouldn't change it for the world. It was a great experience living in Colorado for sure. But, you know, I'm always going to I'm always going to rag on the snow because I hate it. <laughs> yeah, that's why I moved down here. I was like, I was telling Darren, though, I was like, I hate when buildings like the office I used to work at was like it keep it like 74 degrees. And I was like, that's too cold. I like it. Like at least like 76. And Darren was like, that is too cold. Yeah. I was like, Dude, no, I sleep I'm at like, I sleep at like 66 or 68 degrees. Yeah. That's how it looks like. My house is always that temperature. We have started sleeping at 68 because it is nice and everything. Sleep but the day we let it get to 78. 82 is what we used to do. And that was just too much. Like, okay, yes. namely, you know it's actually this podcast that made me stop doing that. Because by the end, I'd just be, especially once I got the curtains, I would just be overheating of like the AC doesn't kick on till like 10 or 11. So after like here, these lights heat up pretty well. And the house would be like 82 degrees. So by the end, I'd, my glasses would fog up. And I was like, this is too hot for inside. Yeah, I know that. I was like, yeah. But, too, it's, you're going to have great weather, though, for this competition. Even though it's inside, like, 86 degrees outside yeah. at night, 75. Like mm -hmm. That's a nice day. That's a solid day. But, yeah, these 100-degree things and two with no rain. We finally got rain in Texas for, like, yeah. several days. And it goes from no rain at all to then just a whole day of just, Flood. like, almost flooding. So it's like... That's that, and you don't insane. care. You'll go stand outside because you haven't felt water come from the sky in months. It's true. The cracks <laughs> in our backyard are like an inch wide at this point. I just gave up on the lawn this summer. Yeah, well, I was like, just, yeah, kind of forget about it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's I can't keep up with this. <laughs> I was like, I'm just dumping water down the drain at this point. So I was like, but yeah, Texas really is. It's great and stuff. Mm -hmm. But Colorado is beautiful. I'm, I think I'm going back out there for the Olympic City Pro Am in yeah, March. Probably. To watch oh, yeah. Darren compete because Darren's now back in the circuit after oh, yeah. briefly getting into Highland Games. He's yeah. a full time strongman again. Well, I don't know if I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in off season Highland Games mode, and strongman happens to be a good a good strength uh, phase for Highland Games. So <laughs> I'm using it. I'm using it appropriately. <laughs> yeah. I think that football background, though, that you were saying makes a huge difference because you and Tom Evans were talking about that with the football bat training background. If he was saying like that athleticism, that explosiveness and that base is like makes a big difference for these strongman events now, now that there's so many more like medleys and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you have to have that athletic core and stuff like that's an impressive part to be big, but also be able to move well. You gotta be able to move. Yeah, no, that's the biggest thing. And then, too, like that's a football that 
you could be big and everything, but you can't move. You ain't getting paid. <clears throat> so yeah. yeah, no, it. I mean, <clears throat> and I'm too like I like to pride myself that I was a wrestler too. But um, you know, just I, I played center, and that's the position I played pretty much my whole life. And um, I feel like geez, you got to be a dog to be a center because you're going against the biggest, baddest dudes on the defense line. And usually the center's not the, you know, you got your tackles, which are the big guys, and the guards are your bigger, rounder guys, and your center's usually your your short, stocky one, um, the smartest one on the field, I have to say that. Because um, <laughs> we got it, we're in charge of four other people. But, um, you know, that's, that, I took a lot of pride in being a center and being that, the scrappy one on the field because, and then two, I, I'm real, I, I'm, I'm probably too loyal behind stuff, even to like, um other people's detriment to where if even if they're wrong i'll go and still back them up like that's just my kind of that's just how I, who i am so it didn't matter like if my guy was in the wrong i was still right behind him if it was like on the football and he he got a personal foul or whatever well i'm gonna still be right behind him <laughs> you know like no he was right or telling the rest something you know um and so same thing with like um like i would always chase down running backs go pick them up if my quarterback needed help, I always pick him up. I always be behind people. And, um, I felt like as a center, you kind of need that. Um, you know, cause you're in charge of four other people too, you know? So, um, just, just, uh, being that leader, you know, and having that kind of, but on the other side, if you saw that, that, uh, Jason Kelsey, um, documentary, they just did on him on, on prime. Um, that dude's one, my dogs are growling. <laughs> um, the um hey go lay down <laughs> um sorry about that oh my god um they want to come on camera man yeah <laughs> no they're funny but um you know J- kelsey probably the most athletic center he, they they have him pulling on plays they got him moving like and you know he's he's one of the best arguably probably the best in the league right now in my opinion yeah, it makes a huge difference. And too, I think like being a good strategist, like that also probably translates over well to strong man of like a part of it is like there's the strength part, but also like being strategic in how you do things. Mm-hmm. Like you have to think of like how you play things out of seeing like Alexei Novikov. You've gotten to see him up close and everything, but just like the, how strategic he is about yeah, everything yeah. he does. Like, it's like watching a technician. He just like has this exact thing of like, he'll do exactly what he needs to win. No, it's, event. And it's crazy how he'll bend the rules. <laughs> like, I mean, I, you know, if, if it wasn't yeah. said, I get it. You're competitive. If it wasn't said in the rules meeting, shit, it's, it's game. You know what I mean? And like, even seeing him at the Shaw, when he put the thing behind his back to do the arm over arm, like, damn, that's smart. Like, why, why wouldn't you think of that? That was um, genius, yeah. <laughs> my grip's coming out. You bet I'm going to do that too, you know? Um, no, but that's the thing too. Like, strongman, like, once you get to a higher level, and Laws was telling me in England is like, you know, you got to be smart. You know, the deadlift, those points are just as good as the, as the stones. Those points are just as good as the, as the, as the moving event. So if you, if you can, if you're good at that, you need to, you need to play into your strengths. You need to be able to score points where you can. And, and I mean, it's just like like in all sports, you know. What I mean, it it becomes a chess match once once a game slows down for you. Once the strongman the 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 event slows down to you, then it becomes a chess match. And then if you're if you're smart, then you can you can squeak out wins. Or I want to say squeak out wins. You, 
you could really put yourself in a good situation to come out on the podium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a huge difference. And the nice thing is, I think you're such a well-balanced athlete because you have a great log overhead too. You've done like 400 some. Yeah, most I've ever put is 430 above my head, but I honestly feel like I can be, I'm well over 200 kilos right now. Yeah, which is awesome to be able to do the 400 kilo plus deadlift plus 200 kilo overhead is huge because like you were saying there's a lot of those guys for some reason have amazing overhead presses but still can't get past like 865 on deadlift and like that makes a big difference like watching maxime like zero deadlift events routinely and just like destroy every other event mm-hmm. but like you can't afford to zero that's a big deficit like to come back from i mean that's what i mean it's at the end of the day strong man you gotta you know i mean there's there's five events there's gonna be five disciplines of strength that you gotta be good at so you know, if you're gonna, if you want to be the strongest dude, then you, got, you know, you gotta be the strongest guy. You gotta be well-rounded, and that's why that's why Shaw wins so much. That's why you know, uh, uh, Tom wins so much. Is there's nothing that you know what I mean? I mean, and then look at Tom at the Shaw. Um, yeah. You you zero event, and he comes and wins the, half of the events, and still takes third. Like, damn, you can't. You I mean obviously it wasn't a part of the plan. He's a good log presser. Um, but you know, sometimes shit happens and even that's just so much, especially at that high of a level where everyone's strong, you know what I mean? It comes down to mistakes basically that, mm-hmm. that you can't afford to zero an event. You can't afford to have a, a weak event, you know? Yeah. Cause you got to have those like points on the board and everything of like, mm-hmm. especially with that log thing, watching people that was heartbreaking to watch the guys who zeroed that of trying the heaviest log missing that twice and then you're like it's going to be really hard even though it's like 25 or 30 pounds less like once you've got to that point with log like it's really hard to come back from so that's why i was like some of the guys are smart of just go up hit that 380 log or whatever then try like the 400 one because it is like you can't come back from that very easily especially at that level of these guys are just like such technicians yeah, no, we have here we have our boy Trey go up there. Did you see that? Oh yeah. That was so the quickest nice. two reps. So good. <laughs> Texas has been doing really well of like seeing you all represent the state was like amazing. But yeah, his thing, his just like his confidence and his like the way he just moves at events is just amazing to watch of like to be that big and still have good mobility and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. you should see that dude because we're totally blessed. I mean, having Trey, I mean, he's in Beaumont in Texas is that's still four hours away, but, um, like, I, I mean, I got one of the best dudes in the world in the same state as me, four hours away. I'm going to train with him as much as I can. We try to make a point to go out to, to Trey's, um, gym, shed gym, uh, out there in Beaumont or Lumberton and, and, and train with them. And those are the, in my opinion, we've, we've been out there, twice now and those are, we've had the most fun training with him just on his his equipment and and um you know and and that's the thing too is i'll just we just hop into his events we don't even we're like why well, honestly at that point we're not, i'm not going to worry about what my training is i'm just going to go try to help him or or try to push him and you know what what's 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 the worst that's going to happen out of you learning from one of the best guys you know what i mean so that's yeah. why we will make a point and then we're lucky enough to have him come down uh for his arnold uh peak week and um hit some big weights with him for a whole week he spent a whole week with us at heavy metal and that was the coolest experience ever 
just having, you know, one of the top dudes in the world. Uh, we deadlift and we press with him. And then we got a little taste of his training too. And, you know, that was a little bit of like, okay, there's a reason why this dude's on top, you know? <laughs> yeah, because it is. I, I'm glad you called it the gym shed because it always looked like he just trains in a barn or something. Yeah, <laughs> no, like it really videos. Yeah, no, it really is a, a, like a storage shed for his church. And they got a, he's like got half of it uh, is basically his weight room. And it's nice. Cool setup. Yeah. And he's got, and oh, this is cool. He's probably going to, well, people go train with him. They know this, but he's got five, four stones. And let me, this is the reason why Trey is so good at stones. And I'm, and, and this is what I'm saying, but. You know, he trains his ass off too, but he's got the cow patty stone. I don't know if you've ever seen his, like, he, he, he's shown it a couple of times, but it's a stone he made back in like the 11th or 12th grade. And he dug a hole and put one of those medicine balls he made this, and it looks like a cow patty. And it's like this, and it's 270 <laughs> pounds. And you're not allowed to use tacky on that one. And then he's got shortly after that, a 380 pound stone. Uh, Atlas stone that he that he made. Um, Just a modest jump. Yeah, and that one as well is you're not allowed to use tachyon. Um, and then he's got a 410 stone um, that you're not allowed to use tachyon. And then he's got a 450 stone, and that's the one that you can put tachyon on your fingers. That's the only stone you're allowed to put tachyon. And then he's got like a 500 or whatever one, but that one you can tachy up for. So we go over there and we're, he's like, all right, we got stones. And he doesn't, he doesn't load to a platform. He doesn't load. He doesn't do a run. He just rolls the stone out there and he hits like six reps, one motion. Right. And so you're like, he, he hits that and you're like, I'm looking at Nick. I'm like, well, shit, here we go. <laughs> right. So, you know, you just hop in with him and man, we did that one stone session with him and it was amazing how just like that we go next, the next time we do stones and it was like, everything that you just have to do train without tacky and not having to rely on just you squeezing the shit out of the stone. Um, just doing that is like, really, like, that's why I'm saying that's why he's one of the best in the world. But You know, it's crazy that he's got these five stones. You can only use tacky on two of them. Yeah. I mean, it's no pretty ridiculous. Honestly, he does like five, six reps with it too. That's insane. He, and then to his extension, because like I say, he doesn't load to anything. It he he takes it all the way, and it's nuts. Yeah, because he's getting it up there like seven, eight feet in the air. It seems like <laughs> just like to do that for reps. But four ten without tacky, I was like, all of those without tacky is crazy. But that yeah. like watching his train and two because you're right that he never does the doesn't do over bar or anything. Just these massive extensions, and that's the impressive part to be able to do an extension with that heavy of a stone fully on your chest at that height like yeah. you can clear any bar and loading event at that point i mean i i honestly I, at that point i think like and even tim said it to me before like if you were to take all the numbers off the plate at the at the gym and like you imagine how much stronger you would be like how much you let numbers dictate your training like that's just how i feel like it's so it's so primal the way he trains it's just okay it's a stone i'm gonna lift it and i'm gonna lift it above my head however many times i can and that's how i'm gonna get strong yeah because i i think one of the first big videos i saw of him was when he did like 410 to his shoulder and everything which is just insane to like shoulder that type of stone 
But like you said, because a huge part of this game is like mentally how you approach it. Because you'll see some of the guys who like worry that they're going to zero the death lift and then you do it. It's kind of like you said, you just have to say like, I'm going to hit 400 kilos. Yeah. Just like it's that mental snap and everything. I mean, the second you doubt yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, that's I mean, that's playing football like or wrestling. There's no as soon as the whistle blows. It doesn't really matter what's on the bar. You know what I mean? It doesn't, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to lift it or you're not. You know what I mean? It's the same thing with football. Like, as soon as the ball snap, it doesn't matter who's in front of you. You're going to do your job or you're not. And at least for me, I'm not going to be known as someone that's not doing my job. So, I, I mean, that's kind of the approach I take to the weather. It's like, like the thing, like I sent it on 430 kilos. Like, it was there. It was an opportunity. The whistle blew. I looked at Magnuson. He he was like, go ahead, hit it. You know what I mean? That's hell. What, you know, was no better time than now. So, yeah, no, I that's a big thing when it comes to like just lifting weights. You just, you know, well, so some people when you're, you know, you're you're growing up in high school is that four or five bench, and how many times could you bench three hundred and ninety pounds? But as soon as you put four plates on, you have, your brain goes haywire, and then you forget how to lift weights. Right. <laughs> That's also crazy to be going for four plates in high school. I'm like, that's a solid strength basis right there. Oh, yeah. Like no, that's, that's one thing I was lucky enough. Like, I had an old school old school coach. Uh, in high, like, I, you know, I, I can't say that lifting weights has just happened in the last couple of years. No, I've been lifting weights since I was 12 years old. Um, my dad had me a bench when I was – he said, you hit puberty, well, I'll get you a bench. You know, so sure enough, uh, there I was, and my dad gave me his weights, and First thing I was doing is just benching 135, like you know what I mean. Like that's just, and, and then two, like I grew, like I want to say I grew up. I feel old saying that, but like I never. And then I went to a weight room in high school. There was it was never, it was never. Oh, we're gonna put tens on fives. It was plate quarter, plate quarter, plate quarter. So you couldn't do it no more. You know, what I mean, that was squat, that was that was bench, that was deadlift. Like the, it didn't. That's how you warmed up. That's how you did it. Like that's just that's just the way it is. And and then you're gonna be in a group. So as soon as that guy's done, you're back on the you're on the bar and you're hitting it. And uh, so like yeah, that growing up and having like I've always lifted weights. That's not like a a new thing for me. Like I've been lifting weights for like I said since I was twelve. And then getting into high school. Um, you know, you could tell those kids that kind of lifted weights or had some kind of athletic background and versus, you know, ones that are just walking in there. But, you know, I was, they had the board where the chalkboard where you try to hit the weights or whatever in, in high school. And, you know, I looked at that as like the greatest thing in the world. And here's these dudes from the eighties and nineties I've never heard of, but I idolized them because they were on a board in a weight room. And, you know, so I wanted to be on that board. And then, that board turned into a college weight room board. And then that board turned into heavy metals got a board. And, you know, me and Nick are always fighting on trying to get on the board. And, and, and then now it's world numbers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I yeah. It's a crazy journey. And you're only 29 or 30. 29. They always, they messed it up at the Giants live thing. They said I was 28, but yeah, I'm 29. About to yeah. be 30. Cause I was like, you guys, you, you and Jamal Brown are so young. I'm like, it's crazy. Whereas Darren, sometimes I was surprised Darren didn't make a comment about the age thing when you said you feel old. <laughs> sometimes he'll just remind everyone. It's like, there's still plenty in the tank. That's why when you said you only have 10 years left, I was like, I think the math's off on that. Because like, 
Darren's going strong either. at 44. I think, uh, I mean, everybody's a little bit different. And and obviously there's the anomalies, like you mentioned, Mark Felix, um, who, you know, seems to never stop. But everybody's a little different. But, but you know, I think uh, if you take care of yourself, mm-hmm. you're not going for broke, right? You listen to your body, like you said, you know, trying to, to be here f- for the long run rather than, you know, uh, burning out and fading away. Uh, I think I think it's very doable to to be very successful and and perform at a high level in your forties. <clears throat> That's why I was like, <laughs> no. you got plenty of motivation. I was like, you got at least yeah. fifteen years. And it's play. a mindset too, right? I mean, yeah, it's yeah. all a mindset. I'm 44, and I've always said like, I'm never, I'm never masters. I'm not going to do masters. I have no desire to go mm-hmm. to to masters. I know some people, you know, look, it seems like the natural progression um, as you get older. But I'm kind of on the mind. As long as I can continue hanging with the open class, I'm not. I'm not interested in going and beating on old men. <laughs> no, I feel you. I feel you. No, definitely a mindset. No, that's. Yeah. No, I just the way I said because I'm. I. <laughs> I just know from like a like a like a football perspective, like you know you hear guys and they say they're 34 and they're ancient in the league. Yeah, but that's that's, that's a high impact sport. Yeah, exactly. Though. Exactly. And then that's the other thing too, is here I'm 30 years old and I'm considered one of the young bucks in the sport. Yep. Yeah. I think most people hit their prime around between 36, 38. Um, See, we're good. Yeah. So you're good. <laughs> I think you're golden. I mean, I mean, truly, I mean, Brian Shaw and, and big Z, I mean, Shaw won most of his titles in his mid thirties. Yeah. So did big Z. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was, Hey, that was one of the coolest moments on that um, giants live uh live stream laws goes he's a mix of trey and big z and i was like oh shit dude that's high high compliments right there. yes i yeah I, I mean the my like my family that didn't understand the sport they didn't they're like who the hell is i was <laughs> like you know, we're talking big time here. <laughs> hell yeah that's well, that's huge right there yeah, well, hey, we like to try to keep this at about an hour. We're pushing an hour and 15, and we did start it a little late, too, unfortunately. Very good. Um, any last words for everybody? I mean, got an elevator speech for your brand or Jim, where people can find you on the socials? Yeah, no, um, you can look me up. I'm on Smash Andrade on Instagram. I have a Facebook that I mainly keep that personal. There's not a lot of lifting stuff on there. Um but uh, you know, I work out at heavy metal. If you're ever in San Antonio, Texas, my my dog's messing with this computer. Uh, you're ever in San Antonio, <laughs> check us out. I'm there Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Only train three days a week. Um, in the afternoons after work, uh, more than welcome to come train with me. I I would I would love it. Anyone come out uh and throw some weights around me. Um, no, but I appreciate you having me on. Give me a platform to kind of speak and and people to get a different see a different side of me. I really appreciate that. And it was great meeting you guys and. I'm excited to, you know, keep it going. And World Strong's opinions is always, always uh, back me up. So I appreciate that. Great having you on, Austin. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Oh, yeah, man. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and follow us on Instagram for updates. We'll catch you next time on World's Strongest Opinions. Mm-hmm.